1: Today we will explore how to prevent a house fire. Home fire safety is not something we often talk about unless an unfortunate event occurs. Staying safe and keeping your family out of harm's way requires knowing the risks and taking all necessary precautions to avoid a fire breaking out in your house.
2: For a fire to start, there needs to be a heat source that's sufficient to actually start a combustible material to catch on fire. So that heat source can be anything from our heating devices, cooking devices, and from batteries that are being charged inappropriately or incorrectly.
1: Let's get started. Although most accidental house fires are preventable, it doesn't take much to spark one the consequences of a fire can be irreversible. The smallest of flames can lead to devastating damage or even fatal tragedy. A joint 2019 study by Natural Hazards Research Australia and Fire Rescue Victoria suggests that more people are killed in residential fires each year than through other natural hazards, such as floods, storms and bushfires combined. Andrew Gissing is a co-author of the study and the Chief Executive Officer of Natural Hazards Research Australia. He says their findings on preventable fatalities and fire safety remain relevant.
0: So residential fire fatalities are unfortunately too common in Australia. Our research showed that between 2003 and 2017, that 900 people had died in preventable residential fires. Each one of these fatalities is an absolute tragedy. The number of fatalities averaging across that period of time was 64 deaths per
1: year. Research also shows that most fatal fires at home occur during winter due to the unsafe use of heating devices or methods. Fire authorities urge people to use their heating devices in accordance with the manufacturer's recommended practices. This means avoiding using outdoor heating equipment indoors, including those that use heat beads or liquefied petroleum gas, or LPG, as a fuel source. Mr Gissing says heating equipment designed for outdoor use is not suitable indoors, as it can also lead to a build-up of carbon monoxide, which could become lethal.
0: Preventable residential fire fatalities occur more commonly during winter. Many of these are being caused by heaters or open fires, etc. And certainly people during the winter months should be particularly mindful when they're using heaters or open fires, etc., of the associated fire risks.
1: According to the study, the demographics most at risk of residential fire fatalities include people older than 65 or younger than 5 years of age. Children are also more vulnerable to burn injuries even when exposed to a small, easily extinguishable fire. Simone Sullivan, manager of the Kids Health Promotion Unit at the Sydney Children's Hospital Network explains.
3: Generally, younger children are the most at-risk group and they're actually quite curious. So these accidents generally just happen in seconds. And unfortunately, children, their skin tends to be thinner than adults, which actually means that when they do get burnt, the skin burns a lot deeper and quicker at a lower temperature.
1: Heating devices and smoking materials have been largely associated with house fires. But Mr. Gissing stresses it is often a combination of risk factors that leads to one.
0: Most preventable residential fires resulting in fatalities were caused by cigarettes, electrical faults, heaters and open fires. But I think a key point is that when we think about risk factors, the research certainly shows that there is not just one dominant risk factor. When we look at the tragic victims of preventable residential fires, there was often a co-occurrence of a range of different factors which surrounded those individuals, their behaviours, their residential environment.
1: Mr Gizing adds... Basic home fire safety practices, like having a working smoke alarm, a fire escape plan, and not leaving cooking unattended, can make all the difference. Mark Halverson is the executive manager for fire safety at the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services. He says prevention starts from knowing the risks associated with a heat source and responding accordingly.
2: For a fire to start, there needs to be a heat source. sufficient to actually start a combustible material to catch on fire. So that heat source can be anything from our heating devices, cooking devices, and from batteries that are being charged inappropriately or incorrectly. So basically, if people are going to bed at night, or they're leaving their house to go out, they should actually ensure that all of those sources of heat are turned off and that that fire can't occur when they're not actually being aware of what's happening in the house at that particular time.
1: In recent years, there has been a significant spike in residential fires caused by lithium-ion battery-powered devices. Mr Halverson says these fires are preventable if people are aware of the risks involved when not using an adequate charger for their devices.
2: Largely, the problem is occurring during the battery charging process. For instance, if we use the e-scooter example, and because an e-scooter battery does contain quite a lot of power, so if we get a fire occur, there's far more energy and there's far more opportunity for that to spread rapidly. So I think the number one problem is that people are using the incorrect charger for their specific device. Just because a battery charger will connect to a device, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the correct charger.
1: Combustible materials can also be found in most people's backyards. These include dried-out branches, stored timber, old clothes, equipment prone to fire, and most of the products and chemicals that are commonly kept in household sheds. Mr. Halverson outlines best practice for storing fuel products.
2: If they are needed to be stored, for instance, motor mower fuel or fuel for other vehicles, they should be in a proper container for fuel and then stored away from other devices and certainly away from excess heat. And I think another key factor is fuels and fertilisers just don't mix well at all. And that's another similar risk. So A key factor to safety in the home is ensuring that all of those different types of materials should be kept separately and in appropriate containers
1: While smoke alarms do not prevent fires, they give people a necessary early warning and sometimes even the opportunity to extinguish a fire at its infancy. But Mr. Halverson warns against attacking a fire if unprepared.
2: Properly working smoke alarms is a really key factor in ensuring safety for ourselves and our families in our homes. And if people are confident and have the right equipment to extinguish that fire, then by all means that gives them the opportunity. But I would strongly suggest that if people are not confident or don't have the right equipment to attack that fire themselves, the most important thing they can do is to take themselves and their families and anyone else's in the home immediately outside and then call 000 to request the response of the local fire service.
1: Ensuring every occupant of the house knows what they need to do in case of fire is crucial. For example, teach children about home fire safety beyond just calling triple zero. Ms Sullivan also suggests practicing fire drills.
3: The first thing is to prepare a home fire escape plan and practice it with the family. Teaching them to get down low and go, go, go. So the air tends to be cooler and cleaner, closer to the ground. Also teaching children that if their clothes does catch on fire, stop, drop, cover and roll. Make sure they cover their face with their hands to avoid any injury to the face and getting them to roll on the ground. So this will help put out the fire as well.
1: Talking to your children about fire prevention can be daunting. Ms. Sullivan shares some tips to take the fear and the lecturing out of the conversation
3: make it really simple, make it fun, make it engaging, try to implement practical activities. I think a really good place to start is explaining to children the purpose of a smoke alarm, how it works, where it is, what it looks like, what sound it will make as well. And that's during a fire, but also when the battery is low. So that should there be a fire, that they don't start to panic because they're familiar with what the sound is and then they're familiar with what they need to do.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Settlement Guide, written and produced by Zoe Thomaidu and hosted by me, Claudiana Blanco. The Settlement Guide Managing Editor is Rosa Germian. Until next time.
0: This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.